Welcome to Opening the Door Podcast. Join me as we unlock the door to our psychic and mediumship abilities. Today I have an interview for you with Gina, also known as Mind's Eye Mystic. As always, there's a lot to learn in this episode. We really jump into it right at the beginning. We talk about the higher self. We talk about psychic energy management. So there's a lot to learn here and I hope you enjoy. Today, we're welcoming Gina, also known as Mind's Eye Mystic, to Opening the Door podcast. Gina, welcome. Thank you for having me. We're so excited to talk to you today. Um, Do you want to give just a little intro to listeners that let them know who you are? Yeah, certainly. So we connected through my um, psychic business. So Mind's Eye Mystic is my um, sort of psychic alter ego, superhero (laughs) identity, as I like to characterize everything. Um, yeah, so I, uh, I am a professionally trained psychic, which isn't always the type of psychic people, um, come in contact with when they work with psychics. Usually it's somebody who's kind of been in it forever, but this is something I learned. So, um, So yeah, so I am a clairvoyant and intuitive psychic. I specialize in connecting with people's higher self. So I'm really interested in helping people hear their selves, I guess is the way to say it, um, via connecting with their energy and relaying messages for them as I did for you in our reading. (laughs) Yeah. So uh, yeah, I love what I do. It's fun. It's like a blessing in that I really get to like tune into people and see a little bit of their stories. Um, And it just really proves to me the magical collective of humans we have in this world right now. So that's my job. (laughs) I love that. I think that's fantastic. Yes, everybody, as a side note, I have got uh, received a reading from Gina before. Um, If you're looking for just such a great, insightful, um, like warm reading, I totally suggest going to Gina and booking a reading with her. Um, I try to keep it upbeat, you know, I'm not a doomsday psychic by any means. I'm not interested in in that. (laughs) It it can get a little bit like that in the community, right? Which um, I'm hoping to talk about. For sure. For sure. Like everybody wants the lottery tickets or to know when they will be leaving this earth, which I don't know why anybody wants to know that. (laughs) Yeah. It's been one of my rules. Like since I started this work, like I will do, I will do no predictions of that sort, you know, it just doesn't feel doesn't feel right. And it feels kind of weird, but, um, yeah, let's talk about the higher self a little bit. I would love to jump into that. Um, for people listening who might not, um, you know, it might be their first time hearing about the higher self. Can you describe it for us? Yeah. Fabulous question. And I realize sometimes I throw this term around because it feels like the most neutral term to say, claim, whatever. Um, But yeah, when I use the phrase higher self, and I would say probably when you're here, most of the times when you hear this, although people have their different interpretations of words, right? Um, I'm talking about like your soul self, like who are you beyond the personality? Who is what and who and how is being filtered through, yeah, the filters of our personality, of our traumas, of our life experiences that shape how we behave um, and who we become in the world. Who is that? Uh, so I use the phrase "your higher self." Now, higher, you know, sometimes I always, I, sometimes I don't love it because it's a little bit hierarchical, and I really try to pull hierarchy out of spirituality when I talk about it. But for lack of a better term, and because it's kind of what we'll, we'll commonly hear, it's the higher, it's your your higher self, and and in some cases, honestly, this word kind of works because it's almost like I like to look at it as like your elevated self. It's like there's the version of you sitting in front of me that's kind of clouded by the human experience going through things, right? Um, And that's where it can get really hard to hear ourselves. And then there's the higher self, the one that can, if we can train ourselves to look down a little bit on ourselves, be the observer as the Um, as people like to say, um, that observer is also, you know, another word for your higher self. Um, So long story long. (laughs) That's my definition. (laughs) Yeah, I think um, something that I think a lot about with the higher self 
uh, is, you know, I've heard sort of a lot of thoughts on it. Like it's, if you believe in reincarnation, it's sort of the part of you that you like leave behind isn't the right word, but sort of the part mm-hmm. of you that stays at a higher vibration maybe and helps you, helps guide you. It's like also yourself. It's so interesting to me. And then also like, you you know, I and I'm interested to hear your opinion on this, but um, like your intuition is your higher self mm-hmm. apart from maybe guides or angels or whatever else you believe in that sort of realm of like who, um, is helping guide your like decisions and stuff, um, which I find so fascinating and, and really, I kind of like it. It's like, there's some other part of me that is really looking out for me. And like you said, if we can learn to hear it because the human experience gets very clouded with a lot of other stuff. Yes. So, yeah. Even as a psychic, I go to psychics, like it can be hard to hear ourselves so much easier for me to tune into you and your energy. Cause you know, I'm detached from your story. Yeah. I'm actually so glad you, you brought this up though. The, the intuition verse, um, the higher self verse your like spirit guide team, as we'll often hear that's, that's honestly like the when you're entering the spiritual space, that tends to be kind of the direction people will go in is communicating with something other than themselves, right? And that's why when I do my work, I always specify like, I'll have people who come in to readings with me and they'll say, okay, my team and spirits here, I got this ancestor, that ancestor, this person. And I'm like, love it, love it. But we're gonna ask them to sit down and be quiet because your team and spirit can be very loud and we're going to let you speak and in some cases like listen our team and spirits on our side but sometimes they're just we know our ancestors in many cases we knew them in person like they are pushy people yeah Um, absolutely and, and they can make it harder to hear your higher self too so there is this difference between the voice that is you and and working with energies that are working with you, which in some cases are, you know, like I said, ancestors, or sometimes like aspects of ourselves, archetypes of ourselves that take on these spiritual identities. It's just like, I'm, I'm in the clairvoyant space as a psychic, um, which is like the visual imaginative space. So we're in the game of getting really creative with our spirituality. So love a good spirit guide, love a good identity to play with. Um, But your intuition, where that kind of connects with your higher self is, you know, your intuition is a, is a channel, or in many cases can be many channels, depending on what your definition of intuition is. There are really multiple psychic channels, your intuition kind of being this general term for, it's kind of debatable. And I, by all means, like, don't claim to be like the know-all psychic. So take my version of it or leave it. But, um, you know, for me, intuition is a little bit more of the feeling psychic channel. Um, Sometimes it can be, um, there's clairsentient, which is like physical um, and emotional feeling. Then there's claircognizant, which is just like quick information. That's just like rattling stuff off. I'd say both of those are intuition talking because they're really subtle um, versus like I dabble in clairvoyant psychic work. As I said, it's the visual imagination space that takes a little bit more of focusing on something different than kind of the more classic intuition, but your higher self is basically like, I wouldn't necessarily say your intuition is your higher self. I would say your higher self is using your psychic channels to speak to you. And that's what we call uh, what we associate with your intuition, right? So sometimes that's where getting really like intentional with who you're communicating with, whether it's yourself or your guides and spirit. That's why getting intentional and knowing how to work with boundaries is really important because sometimes it's not you talking, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's really important to know because I'm a big, I'm a big believer. And again, this is just me, but at the end of the day, my voice, the voice of the higher self is always number one, because that's really, um, your God self in a way, if you're somebody who's a little bit more of the religious persuasion, and that's the language you use when you're talking to God, you're talking to your higher self. So kind of goes hand in hand, but I'm glad you brought that up because that can kind of be a topic that is misunderstood because I think it can have a couple different definitions depending on the schools of thought you come from, you know, none of them wrong, all of them just language, right? Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for that. That was so helpful and so great to hear. What are 
some and and this is I'm totally off track, which is hilarious. I'll get back yeah, on to my it, questions. But, on, yeah, um, no, it's fine. This is how it goes. But yeah. What are some ways that people can start to sort of differentiate in when sort of intuition is flowing and um sort of uh, differentiating between maybe that's a guide thought or the ego talking even, mm-hmm. or, and that is my higher self. What are some ways that they can sort of start to recognize their higher self voice within their decision-making and daily life? Yes. Such a fabulous question. Probably I would say the most important question, because while it's like super fun and I absolutely love this calling of mine to connect with other people, it's this thing right here that actually matters. And how do we navigate life tapped into our intuition, right? So this is the kind of stuff I teach and I like live for it um, because it can really be game game changing and giving you tools to like deal with emotional moments and mood swings and kind of whatever it is your emotional landscape looks like. Um, I would say getting to know really, it's like not anything all that crazy or woo woo. It's getting to understand the emotional language you're working with versus the emotional language other people are working with. And now in some cases, there is a little bit of like similarities, right? And I'll give you an example of how we could maybe share emotional language. And again, everything is always my own experience and maybe you do or don't resonate with it. But for me, I came to learn that anxiety is an, is an, an ask for me to pause and potentially pivot or alter something, make a change. And fear is an invitation to step forward. Now, those two things can get so mixed up, but if you don't know the language, and often it just takes looking back on your life, use your own life as you know your roadmap for piecing together what is my higher self trying to tell me when I'm experiencing joy versus when I'm experiencing anxiety. And and another kind of layer in learning how to work with your intuition is what I call like radical self-awareness. And I mean, like understanding how humans function and there is completely a functional system to how human behavior, what you do when you wake up in the morning, the good or bad habits you do or don't love about yourself is fixable, fixable, quote unquote, quote unquote. <laughs> I say that, I hate that word. I shouldn't right. say it, but you know what, you get what I'm saying, right? Yep. Um, and the, it's important to know yourself because remember all the information is coming through the filter of your personality that's been built up, which is pretty much built on a lot of trauma, a bunch of good things as well, but we tend to forget those and only filter seemingly everything through the trauma. Mm. So it takes working through that trauma to be able to hear the message clearly. If you don't have awareness about who you are and why you're reacting to things a particular way, you're gonna miss the messages. You're gonna get them wrong. You're gonna think like, you can become a crazy person like thinking every thought coming through is some great big psychic message when really you're just being told you got some healing to do in regards to a dynamic, right? So there's a level of like self-healing that's really involved in getting to know your own intuitive language, your emotional language is really what I say when I mean that. And also to work through the layers of filters that that information is coming through. And the more we quote unquote work on ourselves um, and just heal as things come up, you don't have to like go do anything in particular, the clearer and louder, so much louder, honest to God, sometimes it's so insanely loud. (laughs) The, (laughs) The messages come through because there's just less in the way, if that makes sense, if that answers the question, I kind yeah, of yeah, absolutely. Oh my place. goodness! First, like ten minutes, and we have so much amazing. <laughs> You're asking like, literally all my love favorite this. questions, though. So I'm like, yes, okay, great, perfect. Yeah, like, absolutely. <laughs> I yeah. So wow, that that was so awesome. And yeah, everybody, I think, no matter where they are in their journey of life, but also in psychic work, that absolutely applies, you know, whether you've Mm -hmm. been doing it for 30 years or whether you just started a year ago or six months ago or four weeks ago, you know, um, getting literally never too late, literally never too late as well. Like it's such a relief to tap into this stuff. Cause like I said, it's working with your emotions. That's how I got into it was just trying to figure out my own emotions and then realizing like, Oh, it's an energetic experience and how, does having that awareness now change how I approach my emotions, you know? So yeah, it's 
psychic and that's like cool and woo woo, but really psychic work is just like the most practical human work. Tapping into the intuition is like eating and breathing. Yeah. I think it should be at least yes. in regards to like the, I, you know, I'm a big believer and we should be like taught this by day one of life. Yeah, and that's absolutely. kind of where like we've gone wrong. And I'm like, it's never too late. Like start doing this, start your self-healing process and tapping into that intuition. It's, it's a beautiful journey, even if it's sometimes a little tumultuous. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. So that brings me perfectly into this next question, which is, um, can you tell us a little bit about your psychic journey? How did you get to where you are today in your practice? Yes. Um, yeah. So I kind of take pride in the fact that it's a really unexciting story because it's um, relatable. And I like to think that a lot of people can kind of see themselves in this and that um, it really kicked off for me like high school teen years when I hit the unfortunately classic depression, anxiety phase. And that just kind of stuck with me. And I went through life kind of thinking this was just who I was. And I had to build my life around to cater to my anxiety and depression, to try to thrive until one day it kind of just, I couldn't even tell you when really, like, I definitely just had this point where I was like, I don't know if that's true about me. I don't know if all these things running through my head are true. And I think there's something to be addressed here. Right. And I just, I had what you would call more like high functioning anxiety and depression. So you like, wouldn't really know it. Right. Unless I actually talked to you. So I didn't take the medication route that others with, I would say probably more severe or extreme experiences would have gone. So I kind of was like out in the world, just like roughing it, trying to get some like everyday all natural, so to speak tools. Um, and really I just like absorbed tons and tons of perspectives from different religious thoughts to, um, getting into like energy and quantum physics and like some crazy, crazy stuff, which kind of led me to the path of energy work and psychic work and realizing there are, well, one kind of realizing that this was something I could do because I, I recognize myself in, in what people were saying about what it was like to be psychic. You have a very visual mind. You can get lost in your dreams. You have, you're empathic. You have strong emotions, like check, 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 right? We all yep. kind of go through this. Um, and then in realizing like there, are, you can literally go develop these skills. And so I did. And in just being so incredibly fascinated by it and like mind blown still to this day, mind blown in readings when like, things come through just like so literally. And I'm like, how? That's insane. Yeah. Um, but, but I just kind of continued to develop it. And, and anybody, you know, I say anybody can in that every single human has the energetic technology within them to do it. But where that isn't always true is that some people are just incredibly blocked to those abilities and skills. And it's not like you can't, it just takes extra work. Um, and those who are the more, I would say, traditional story that people know about psychics, which is born with it, saw dead people. Um, those are people who are literally born, like so overwhelmingly wide open that sometimes it can be like traumatic. <laughs> so, um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So kind of like, a uh, underwhelming, but exciting journey in that I feel, I feel like, um, I joke sometimes that I just kind of feel like a Marvel character. Like I'm fulfilling yeah. some childhood dream of like being the superhero with the psychic abilities, because like, I'm just like learning how to do it. And I went from, um, you know, tapping into, I started with the clairvoyant space, which is the imagination space. The imagination is a psychic channel. We're just not taught that. I started there because I was a classically creative, visual Pisces, daydreamy, escapist person. All right. <laughs> um, so it was really easy for me to tap into that space and, and then kind of expanded that. And when you open one channel, the others kind of just begin to open. And I eventually shifted into, which I'm kind of still exploring to this day. So I don't even talk about it too much mediumship mm -hmm. and um, connecting with the formerly living, um, which is a psychic who just like, sometimes people ask the difference between a psychic and a medium yep. and uh, a psychic tunes into energy and gets information. And a medium is a psychic who specifically tunes into the formerly living. So 
um, they can use the same exact channels and skills. It's just kind of where are you pointing um, the radio, so to speak, signal, as I like to sometimes refer to it. So, yeah, I love your story because it like one of the reasons I started this was that I just feel like if everybody was more psychic, the world would be a really different place. Truly um, so much better. I really do. Yeah. I'll put that on the table and claim it if I'm wrong, but yeah. I really think it's true. I feel like that's such a great thing just for people to hear. Like, yes, you can just, you can just start. And so when you decided to start really pursuing, um, psychic work and these abilities that you knew you could tap into, where did you start? It's funny. Um, definitely books, but not, uh, I would say probably like an amalgam of things, right? But what I found most interesting um, in my explorations was I leaned into books on like stories of witchcraft, like just made up narratives on girls during eras in which witchcraft was being hidden, or it was just like cultural exploration and kind of just like diving and dreaming into it and like normalizing these stories. And then as I would learn about different things through those stories culturally, um, I would then explore further and ended up taking some like just some like online courses and things to sort of explore some of these because as I explored these stories for kind of entertainment enjoyment purposes, I began to realize there was real history um, to these stories and then learning what it was that these people were actually doing. Um, so it, it definitely started with stories and then just exploring, um, just lining up various teachers, you know, not, not people that, not everybody has like stuck forever. Some people you take little bits here and there. Um, but yeah, just kind of once, once I started normalizing like oh I'm not like a crazy person that this is a real thing that I could get into then I started much more seriously like now my because I'm a big listener so now my audible library is just like filled with like how much spiritual information can I shove into my brain yeah. um, so yeah just never ending at this point I think yeah I love that that's really uh, yeah, great place to start. I started with podcasts mostly, which mm -hmm. is just such a great way to just listen and learn as you get ready for your day or, you know, do whatever you need to do. So yes, listening is such a, it's a great way to start. I know. And with the era of podcasts too, there's just going to be so much more opportunity for people to learn new and interesting things. And like exactly what you're doing here, bringing in just different people, different perspectives, all with one common goal of trying to just help people expand. I'm like, so good. So you talk about a lot and we've discussed a little bit already and sort of using your psychic abilities for your own energy management. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Yes, totally. My energy management tactics are pretty specifically clairvoyant. And that's, that's mostly because I'm mostly trained clairvoyantly. Um, so I got a lot of like traditional tools, so to speak. And when you're, so, so that's basically like learning how to work with energy, to receive energy, to move energy using the psychic channel of your imagination, which like takes a, like some time to even just like normalize that that's real. Right. But it's basically just the act of visualization because if energy is, um, being perceived through that particular channel. Now other channels, you perceive energy differently, but through the clairvoyant channel, it's all visuals. Um, that that is just like, then you can kind of alter, you can then move energy clairvoyantly. You're using visual visualization, which we do all the time. We do in meditations, if you've like ever done a guided meditation, but nobody's really explaining to you like, why is it that you can spend 30 minutes visualizing a whole world in your brain? And in some cases, get information from yeah. other, you know, um, sorry, I totally forgot your question. <laughs> <It's okay>. <laughs> <laughs> There's my brain just like, got, no I go problem. On so yeah. Really so, just um, lost. just about like, uh, you're like, bring it back, Gina. Yeah. What was this? <laughs> Um, yeah. So just about your own energy, oh, energy management. Yeah. Yes. That's where I was yeah. going. So, so really it's learning how to use visualization to manage energy, energy. So in my own practice, I have just picked up a couple different visualizations along the way that I use to manage my energy. And the most 
um there's like a couple sort of significant and i would say this is like 101 psychic stuff it's not anything i made up by any means like any psychic school will teach you this it's common tools on how to release energy that isn't yours psychics trained psychics we look at the world as my energy versus all of the other energy and how am i managing my energy in relationship to all the other energy and it's mostly just boundary work and releasing and working through different types of visualizations to um to do that and Sometimes it's easier and sometimes there's energy getting in the way and you have to spend a little longer working through the visualization, which is also a strange thing to normalize in your life when you realize there's something influencing the visual and <laughs> you have to work with it and yeah. say, hi, it's, this is not your space to be in, please get out of my energy. So um, it can get interesting, but these are things I pretty much use daily, especially like energy releasing um, tools. And again, by tools, I mean, visualizations, um, because we're working, I'm working clairvoyantly, um, like morning and night, releasing the energy you pick up through the day, collecting your energy back because we forget, you know, empaths love to talk about how much we're just like taking on energy and being drowned by the energy mm -hmm. and forget that we are doing that shit to people too. Like we are leaving our, we are oozing everywhere, you know, and you have wow. to collect it back up because if you're leaving yourself everywhere, well, then you're not collected, <laughs> you're not centered, um, and it'll just start to affect your life. Um, so there's just so many different like energy management, releasing, filling yourself back up, putting down boundaries, protective bubbles around yourself, um, simple things. It's not always in the beginning, it takes some time where you got to like, you got to sit and you got to do like a solid 45 minutes of getting your your brain into the space of being really comfortable in the visual world. But now I'm at a point where like, I could be talking to somebody and they could be triggering the hell out of me. And I'm like on the side over here, like releasing energy. So I don't throw it at them. Um, and that's really like the goal at the end of the day is like we release so we can carry what the world throws at us and don't constantly throw it back to people because we can't hold it. So um, while the tools and stuff are like, interesting and, and great and important. The bigger, um, I, I think the more important thing is the perspective and understanding like why, why manage your energy and what does that even mean? Because I think we hear energy and we think like fit, physical fitness, like I'm tired, I'm awake, but realizing that managing energy means again, like it all really just kind of goes back to emotions if you want to make it human and learning how to handle your emotions. So you're not a nightmare walking through the world, <laughs> which, you know, I say that as having been the nightmare and like, I see who I am on the other end and I would say regulating your energy is a good idea. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, that's great advice. I can totally relate to when you're saying like you're doing your visualizations and something is really getting in the way. Like before I even started doing this work and understood it at all, which is why this podcast is called Opening the Door Podcast, mm -hmm. is I created this door in my mind. And I have a lot to say about the word imagination because I think like in common day, everybody thinks the word imagination means whatever's happening in your mind isn't real. But yes. like just break down that word, like in imagination is just imaging within the mind, right? Like if you really just want to break it down. So I just wanted to get that in because if it's happening in your quote unquote imagination, that's, it's still, you know, the visualization is still happening. Um, yes. but yeah, so I tried to like, every time I tried to close this door, it just wouldn't like, it almost felt like something was always slipping through or like it wouldn't quite close. And I, I just, I feel like I totally just realized that like, yeah, there was definitely something just like within my own energy sphere because I had no idea how to manage it and yes. didn't was too afraid to google it like you know so <laughs> yes I can totally totally see how that can happen so it's funny um I the door is uh I I love the visual of the door for many reasons because of just I live in a world of metaphors so what it means for the intentions you're setting but also you know doors it's like as a clairvoyant, I'm like, slap a door on it. <laughs> and right. walk through. You know what I <laughs> yeah. mean? Just like, where do we want to go today? Let me go in my mind, slap a door on it and say, we're going to Italy, right? Yeah. I haven't been there in a while and I miss it. And I want to be in that energy and you can 
literally travel there within but sometimes so in my own practice especially because I dabble in the world of mediumship which is dabbling in like some spiritual stuff and like people energetically nudging at you that you have to be really like good with your boundaries I'm not the kind of like medium or psychic who really people bug me spiritually I'm not like oh I think your father is coming to me like talking to strangers because my boundaries are just like really really hard and that's um, great <laughs> yeah but in any case I I have that similar door thing. And what I will do is I will just remove the door <laughs> when I want to put the down boundary down, because I'm like, if things keep slipping through my door, just take the door off for a while, yeah. put it back when you want to let something in. But like, it's a, like, that's where you can just change up the image and that changes the experience. And now that energy is on the other side of the wall you've put up and mm-hmm. you can kind of settle into your own energy. Um, and that's where we can like, goes into tangents around how that, you know, working with clairvoyant visuals can like affect your nervous system and stuff as well. Because if you're having a chaotic inner experience and then you change it to a more peaceful inner experience, it absolutely sends signals down your nervous system. So clairvoyance is a huge tool for folks with anxiety. If you can get really comfortable and really validate your imagination as more than just a made up place. Although, you know, I will say in some cases, you know, in the case of like slapping a door in my mind and walking into Italy, you're making it up, but there's a complete validity to an experience that's happening in that I feel better after. So there's something to it than just, I made up a cool image and how interesting is that? Right. Yes. Yeah. Um, So I'm so happy you brought that up. Uh, Just the idea of the imagination, because I think that that's like step one, you can't do you can't receive psychic information within your visual mind if you can't trust that what's coming through isn't some crazy shit you just made up because yeah. you're a daydreamer, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and right. I think that's like, it sort of even just harkens back to um, trusting your intuition and hearing from your higher self, right? Like mm-hmm. if when that gets clearer, that visualization and um, what's coming through and confirming that can also get a lot clearer. So, yeah. And the more you do it again, like everything is just a language you build with yourself. So I go, I go within now and it's a familiar space. And if it's different, well, then I go, what's going on here? And I address it. And there's obviously something in my energy, something in my space, and it's probably coming through and how I'm behaving as well. So since starting this work, is there anything that made you not want to pursue it? <laughs> many things. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, you know, I would say the same things that make me not want to pursue it are the same things that give me even more motivation to pursue it in that for one misunderstanding about what being a psychic is. And I don't really blame people. Like I hold a lot of patience for people and their nasty comments, uh, yeah. you know, towards a psychic or calling me the devil or whatever. Cause I get it. Like, look what has been shoved in people's faces is character, you know, caricatures of like evil. Um, so, you know, I face that, but not nearly as much as I kind of thought going into it. Um, I like to play with it now. I like to really, you know, get people to see that like, I'm a lovely person and it's, you can't really call me the devil when I'm just like smiling. (laughs) (laughs) So, you know, it's everything you just got to play with everything. And then also I would say this, you know, the spiritual industry became an industry, unfortunately. Um, and I'm, I wouldn't say it makes me stop entering the space, but I definitely pause more frequently to check myself as I do enter a space that has become a monetized industry. So I think it just makes me step into it. Like earlier on, I would say I like jumped in, you know, and probably got myself mixed up with people, mentors, whatever, that weren't as healthy for me. And that kind of forced me backwards a couple steps to really walk a little slower. And that would probably be my advice for anybody entering this space is walk slowly with discernment and enjoyment. Like it should be um, enjoyable tuning into your higher self. Yeah. So nothing pushes me away, really. I take on everything as kind of a challenge to shift it. If I don't like it, you know, I'm big, we live in a you're an American. So we love to yeah. live in a culture. We don't want to be, we don't like it. So let's leave. Right. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Kind of opposite of like, well, let's just change it. <laughs> yeah. We gotta be here to change it. Right. So, yeah, I love the word discernment that you used because yeah, it can, it's, it can be a little bit of a tumultuous space at times. And yeah, discernment is such a great word and joy too. 
So yes, totally. Like to me that that's it right there. That's how you'll navigate your way to your alignment, divine path, whatever you want to call it is with discernment, which is you're constantly asking like, is this for me? Is it not? And is my intuition giving me the answer and joy? Like I think joy, especially right now is a radical act of healing the world. And we don't give it enough credit at all. Yeah. Did you have any pushback when you, you know, went live with your website and Instagram and all of that? And you were like, I'm doing this. Did you have any pushback from family or friends that you had to deal with? Yeah. Um, no, you know, I, sometimes I'm kind of still shocked by this and maybe I was just blessed with the community I needed to be able to step out in the world on this mission. But I'd say the only thing I get is confusion, (laughs) which is like fair enough. I live in an Italian Catholic world. I grew up on the U S East coast, where it's just Mm -hmm. super Christian, you know? Um, so, so there's facing that, but I am really big on if I need to alter my words to get a point across for people, I will like, I'll change, I'll change my language. Like I'll speak Catholic. I'll say the same, I've been saying the same things as if I was saying it in quote unquote woo woo language, but I'll speak Catholic if I need to, just to get, get people to see, like, we're actually all on the same page here. And I have find found like taking that approach. It really does work it, but you need a level of patience with people who don't understand you. And I find people in our space. And I think just people in general, you get like one confused look and we take it personally, like we're being rejected. Right. But sometimes we need to just like give people a little bit of time to understand. And sometimes that means they have to observe from the sideline a little bit. And that doesn't mean people are rejecting us. It just means they're trying to understand. So now they can step closer to us in a way that is warm and welcoming and not confused and triggering. Right. Yeah. yeah, So no, I, I can't say, but I do know people, I have to say, like, I, you know, somebody may hear this story and go, well, lucky her, because I know many stories of people who it's caused issues in their relationships, like incredibly close relationships. And that makes me sad because it's, um, it's just lack of understanding each other simply, you know? Yep. That's a great perspective to take is letting people take their time to get it. Mm -hmm. You Um, know, that one, that one came through. I, so much of the wisdom I hold is not mine I say because it's come through on different psychic readings with people and it's like thing they're they're little nuggets of wisdom that people have gifted me um through just opening up and being the person who delivers the message for them so yeah I have to say that one came through yeah that's awesome Yeah. yeah um so I absolutely love the name you chose mind's eye mystic can you tell me how you came up with the name yes it's just so funny because only funny for me now in the, now that I can look back on it. So my other life is a creative uh, branding, graphic design, marketing, the whole gamut. So I come to the table with like an over obsessive um, perspective on branding. So I'm loving that you even asked me this question. My designer in me is like, yes, let's talk about it. (laughs) Um, But the funny part of it is I actually didn't start out as Mind's Eye Mystic. I started out under this name called Good Brucha, which is witch in Portuguese. And I did it as a way to hide myself. I didn't want anybody to, I wanted it to kind of set the container of what I was trying to do, like on a little corner Instagram, but I kind of wanted to be misunderstood because I was just afraid. And, and at that time I was probably identifying with the word, witch much more than I do now. So it started out like that. And, and then eventually I, you know, just kind of rolled with it. And I, I can't say I can remember like the day I had the revelation, but um, I do remember it came to me because probably I had a list of a bunch of friends to be really blatantly honest about my creative process list of a bunch of names. And I was like, that one hits, but really, um, I loved it when I did come up with it because it felt like I'm really passionate about, like, I love talking about the emotions and radical self-awareness and, you know, tapping into your psychic abilities, but through knowing yourself, but also like, once you kind of get that, taking it to the next level and really like traversing the clairvoyant space and traveling and learning about yourself by exploring the, 
literally infinite dimension of the imagination um, and all of the information that dwells there. So Mind's Eye Mystic was always kind of like, keeps me tied to the clairvoyant space a little bit, but the truth is I hid for a while um, until I felt comfortable and then finally came up with an identity and did as everybody did and still does on Instagram. Here's me announcing something new today. <laughs> yeah. Yep. I can totally relate to that as somebody who's just like beginning this and yes. beginning the podcast and all this stuff. Like today, I'm, I'm not sure when this episode will come out, but today was the first time that I shared my face just on stories. I was like, mm-hmm. I can share on stories. It will disappear in 24 hours. And like, you know, so I always love to hear about people like how they come into, like, I don't think confidence is the right word, but sort of how they come into themselves to yeah. be, to show the world, like, this is like, here I am, you know? So yeah, we don't talk about that. Cause like I said, my other end is kind of on the creative marketing space. So I am in the world of like people having to share what they do. Right. And we don't talk about enough, the process of, of what it takes to do that like, and how big of an act it is when you see somebody putting themselves out there in these reels where they're acting so silly, like that took deep inner work, probably if they were somebody (laughs) who struggled with that. Like I am definitely somebody who struggles with it, even though I very much do it, I could be doing it more, but it's fear that holds me that, you know, and something I navigate, but it takes, you know, we see one little piece of content as just this one thing that does disappear, you know, in the case of Insta story in 24 hours, but what it takes to put yourself out there, like is bigger work than what the majority of these self-help books are talking about. Because at the end of the day, if you can just step out and show out and be who you are unapologetically, and share that with the world, like your whole life is going to show up for you. You won't even have to go find it. Yeah. It's like the secret. I guess that's I love what the book that. was trying to say. That book, The Secret, right? I guess that's exactly right. What for. <laughs> Whoops, yeah. plagiarism right there. <laughs> so getting into sort of the practical things, how do you prepare for a reading? And is there anything also that you do after a reading to um, not shut down isn't the right word, but is there yeah. anything you do after a reading to protect your energy, I guess is the totally, way to ask it. Totally. No, great question. Um, I will be honest in that my practice has shifted. One thing that is incredibly ritual in my life is water, like a bath. I am blessed to be near a pool at the moment. So getting in the pool when I'm just feeling like, cause now I can feel when I'm off because I know my energy pretty well. I wouldn't say like a hundred cause I'm still a human over here, but, um, Yeah. So I would say water is one, but then also my, what I mean when my journey has shifted is in the beginning, I was really taught some pretty, um, structured protection visualizations, um, which I would do. And it was really like putting down the boundaries and making sure you have all of the, just the right amount of space between you and the reedy and all great, right? Like all good And if that's what you feel you need, amazing. But at a certain point, I kind of started asking myself the question is if I feel the need to put down all of this protection, am I not validating how powerful that other energy is in having to take an hour after a psychic to a reading to put it all down and do this and make sure I'm okay. That's me going, wow, you must be a pretty big deal that I got to do all this. And at a certain point, I just kind of realized, wait, I could just decide also the visualization is good. And sometimes it is a little bit of like, I like to, at least in my world, call it like the training wheels I needed. But now I just like truly, truly understand like everything is about the power of intention. And I, my intentions and boundaries are so strong around me in regards to other people's energy that I will do 12 readings, 15 minutes each back to back to back with like barely a bathroom break in between. And I can go home at the end of the day and completely have a great time. And I pretty much forget what I said for the, those 12 readings, because I'm not really retaining your information. It's not mine to retain anyway. Um, it just kind of goes right through you, you know? So sometimes I'll have to, if there's somebody who's particularly interesting, to be quite honest, like their energy had me buzzing and I'm just like fascinated by them. Sometimes their energy will still be swirling around and I'll know it because I'll be like slightly obsessed with them and that I'm like Uh still in the shower, like, oh my God, that's so cool. And then I realized like, okay, fun, fun. 
nice that they opened you up to their energy, but also time to like, let go. And then I just, I stop obsessing and I move on with my life. So it's not so much protecting me from the big, bad, whatever, as much as it is not getting wrapped up in what I'm doing and making sure I'm, you know, obsessing over my own stuff, um, you know, and not projecting things to other people and whatnot. So cool. What is a myth that you would like to dispel about the psychic or about being psychic or about the psychic community in general? Oh yes. Fabulous. Um, that it is inherently evil. Um, and just like broadening understanding around the term evil in general, which honestly is a whole other podcast. <laughs> yeah. But um, like, I always like to make the reference slash joke, a chef holds a knife, but he doesn't stab you with it. Does he? No, he nourishes you with it by cutting your food and serving you something. So it, with every tool you have, you are a human who can choose what to do with it. I choose not to spend my time throwing bad energy at people, which I could do, Cause that's possible, you know, like the concept of a hex and a curse, whether you want to call it that or, or just call it ill will or whatever is totally real, but I just yeah. choose not to do it. Now that's why you have to have discernment when you enter the space where you're opening yourself up to different psychics, like catch the vibe. If you're not catching a good vibe, walk in another direction. doesn't always mean they're bad. Sometimes it just means they're not for you today and that's fine. But if you are catching something off, it could be that they're just dabbling with something a little dark than your energy really wants to touch, but it doesn't necessarily make it like evil. It's not right. the classic heaven and hell reference that we understand it to be. So that's the yeah. myth. Love that. We're not all, we're not all the devil. <laughs> yeah. That's an important one. I think that's probably like the most, uh, well-known sort of myth mm-hmm. about this work. So, yeah. And I yeah. get it again, because it's like, we're all, we're all conditioned people and we have just had these narratives kind of forced down our throats. So <laughs> it takes a deconditioning, which is pretty much the intent of my work, I would say. So this kind of leads right into the next question, which is why do you think psychic work is important? Mm, yeah. Uh, let's see. Can I wrap the entire podcast up in two sentences? <laughs> <laughs> okay. So super important because I believe the way to a better future, which I think we're all craving at this point is to know ourselves Um, and to tap into your psychic abilities means beginning the journey of deeply knowing yourself and having the tools to do something about it. Like if there's not to say we're out to change ourselves, but if there's behaviors we don't love that don't feel nourishing to us, we can change them through knowing ourselves and in and a way to know yourself is to understand the psychic sensory system that is constantly operating within you, but we just are pretty much on autopilot and unaware and don't, and I like to say we don't have our hands on the wheel, um, which I think we're all feeling because depression and anxiety and overwhelm and burnout is now a, a norm um, in society. And I think I believe that that is a symptom of us not being tapped into a completely, we are only validating the physical world and we are not at all validating the energetic spiritual world. And if we can learn to live as both, which we are 50-50 both, then I believe, as you said before, like things would just be a bit better. (laughs) Yeah, great. That's fantastic. So last question, Um, just the question I ask everybody who's on the podcast as a guest, what can people listening do in their daily life to open their door to their natural psychic abilities a little bit more? Yeah. Oh, let's see. Gosh, so many ways I could answer this, but the one coming to me is there's this great book. I will plug somebody's book actually called signs by, I think I'm getting her name, right? Laura Lynn Jackson. She's a super popular medium out of Long Island but she's not the Long Island (laughs) difference. She was on uh, Gwyneth Paltrow's show. Okay. She was the featured medium. In any case, she has this book called Signs and it teaches you how to receive messages, right? From your, you know, she's a medium. So she dabbles in the world of, excuse me, connecting with your loved ones. And why I think that's a good idea when you're first starting out is because you have pre-built a relationship with that soul in the flesh, through during your lifetime. So 
you know them. Now, when their energy comes to you in spirit, you it's a familiarity that you get to work with. So I think if you happen to know people in spirit that you knew in this life, then I'm sorry for your loss, but also lucky you in that you get somebody to work with and, and play with and begin like that. I think that book and others who kind of speak to this talk about playing with it, like asking for signs. And I know it sounds a little like simple, but sometimes it takes like we are unfortunately people who are conditioned to feel like seeing is believing. Um, and as much as I want everybody to believe it without seeing it, that's just like, we're too far gone in that. So getting a couple examples, like from your team in spirit, from your ancestors, sending you these little miraculous moments, like, oh my God, I asked for a pineapple and there is a pineapple right there. Yeah. Like you need a couple of those like, whoa moments to go, wait, is this real? And then you really start, it's all just about like building up the validation. So work with who you know, like, like I said, the, in the beginning, sometimes when you enter the spirit space, you go right to your team and spirit. And, and I think that's probably why sometimes is because there's a familiarity with that. Um, some of the folks on that team, so that can just help you begin to build that validation and crack into it a little bit. Yeah. Fantastic. Great. Well, thank you so much for coming on, Gina. Can you tell our listeners where they can find you? Yes. Thank you for having me. This is amazing. I'm so grateful to be a part of it and, and what you stand for and what you're doing. So thank you. Um, you can find me at mindsiamystic.com or mindsiamystic on Instagram, or I'll be on YouTube soon, I think, but you know, all of the platforms, but mindsiamystic is the, is the brand. So you can find me there. I, um, I offer virtual readings for anybody who does not live in my vicinity. I have been doing a lot of local readings if you happen to be in the Connecticut, New York area. And I will soon be um, in the fall rolling out a self-paced tap into your intuition, understand your emotions, begin to live as a self-aware psychic, you know, all of those things. I'm beginning to roll out some educational opportunities. So if you're interested, stay in touch. Yeah, absolutely. That's so exciting. I will just plug, I did a, a class with you, Gina, through uh, Modern Druid last November. Yes. Uh, I did it virtually just saying, and it was great. So if you are listening and are looking for a way to like start dipping your toe in, that is a great way. So keep an eye on Gina's social and her website for that. Um, thank you so much, Gina, for being here. We really, really, really appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Thanks for listening to today's episode. If you want more from Opening the Door Podcast, don't forget to subscribe. Follow us on Instagram at Opening the Door Podcast. And remember, don't be afraid to open your door.